My little brother's friends have been camped out at our place for two days straight. Three. It's because of the Xfinity 10G network. Internet that can handle a house full of screens at once, with like basically no interruptions. And it's only getting faster. When I was their age, internet like this was a pipe dream. You sound like my grandpa. Please go home. Introducing the next generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. You're just listening to the mommy podcast. <laughs> Say it again. Say you're listening to the mommy labor nurse podcast. You're listening to the mommy labor nurse mod podcast. <laughs> episode number one. No. <laughs> episode not say episode number three. No. <laughs> say 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 it like mommy. Say episode number. Say that. Episode number... 51. 51. There you go. It's kind of soggy today. And it's a day today. I don't know what day it is, but it's okay. It's okay. Me and Mommy are in her office. I do love my mom, but okay. Bye. All right, guys, so this week we are doing an expert interview with Miss Casey, and Casey is a pediatric physical therapist, and today we are talking all about milestones in the first year. You might know Casey from Instagram. She has a pretty big page on there. She is at milestones.and.motherhood. And like I said, she is a pediatric physical therapist, and her page focuses on weekly developmental milestones with simple activities and tips to help moms help their little ones hit them. And I actually interviewed her before I had Ryland, and I went back and listened to this episode like unedited, and it was just cool. Um, Just cool to hear it again as he's starting to do some of these milestones that we talked about in the episode. So yeah, super cool episode. Personally, as a parent, that has always been, you know, when Walter was a baby and now that I have Rylan, he's two months old, that has always been one of the coolest things I think as a parent is just watching them develop, like truly just watching them develop and watching them do little things literally different little things every single day. Like instead of grabbing, you know, a big object, they're like grabbing something with their fingers, a Cheerio with their fingers, or, you know, when they first start clapping or they when they first, you know, big gross motor skills are different, like crawling and walking. We know those, but just simple things are just so, so cool to pick up on. I just really find that cool as a parent to experience, you know, firsthand myself. So today with Casey, we talk about, like I said, milestones in the first year, tips and tricks and activities that we can do to help babies meet them. And then we also talk about what she does as a pediatric physical therapist, who, you know, she might see what kind of patients that she sees, what sort of issues that she helps parents with. And then we go through all of the different types of milestones. Okay, so gross milestones, motor milestones, visual, motor, sensory all these different types of milestones. It's it's a pretty cool episode. <laughs> I'm really excited to dive in. So let's get started. Yeah. 
You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse, and fellow mom, Liesl Teen. This episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast was brought to you by Mommy Labor Nurse. <laughs> Let me tell you about some stuff that we have here at Mommy Labor Nurse. So one of the things that I thought went really well with this episode was one of my courses, Newborn Basics 101. And if you're listening to this on the day that this episode comes out, you are in luck if you are wanting this course because we are actually having a sale on it. I'm not, I haven't told, you know, the rest of my audience yet, but I'm telling you guys on my podcast that we are having a sale this coming weekend because I officially updated this course with video content and I'm super excited about it. So I'm doing a little weekend sale for it. So Newborn Basics 101. I love this course. I made this course when all of COVID kind of started hitting and I realized that a lot of you guys had your hospital classes canceled, you know, your hospital newborn basics classes canceled. And so I decided to pull, you know, put something crazy long. It's a crazy long course together um, as an online resource. And so far, you guys love it. But I couldn't record videos at that point during COVID. So I had to kind of just do text content and an ebook with it. And I had to wait a few months before I'd, I could actually record videos. But we did that a couple, you know, about a month ago when I was still, well, I guess it was a few months ago when I was still pregnant. And they are officially in there in a few days. If you're listening to this on Monday, they're not quite in there, but they will be in there by the time the sale hits this weekend. So Newborn Basics 101 is just what it sounds like. Newborns can be scary. I get it. I've had two now. (laughs) And I had not a clue with my first one. I had somewhat more of a clue with my second one, Um, but totally clueless. And I wanted to just make this course as somebody who's been a first-time mom and just gather as many resources as I possibly could to educate you guys on newborn basics. I put together a lot of detailed information, troubleshooting, step-by-step guides, and tips and takeaways from a fellow mom, me. (laughs) You can expect content on baby gear and home essentials, newborn characteristics and what's normal in baby, tummy time, breastfeeding, formula feeding, colic, burps and gas and spit up and diapering, bathing and skin care and hygiene, cord care, newborn sleep, crying, pacifiers, illness, fever, colds, all this stuff. It's a very long course. (laughs) And I'm very proud of it. And I think it went well with this episode since we're talking about milestones in this episode. So if you are a first time mom with a newborn, you just had your newborn, or if you're still pregnant, and you're wanting just a roundabout um, online course to tell you all about what to expect when you have your newborn, this course is definitely for you. Once you sign up, you will have access to it immediately to all of the content, all the videos, and all the text. Should take you a few hours to get through. Now that the videos are in there, it's going to take you a little bit longer to get through if you watch all the videos. But you have access to all that content, and it never goes away. You have access to it forever. So if for some reason, you know, you take it during your pregnancy, and then once you have a new, you know, once you have your baby, you want to go back in and get the info again, it's there for you. 
Along with this course, you also get an entire ebook of the course that you can print off or you can just access on your phone. And then you get ox- and then you also get access to our postpartum Facebook group as well. We've had lots of moms take this course and they, like I said, they honestly love it. There's just so much to learn. <laughs> There's a huge learning curve when you become a new mom. And I recognize that as a first time mom. So I wanted to provide as much information about that newborn period in one place as I possibly could for you guys. That's why I created Newborn Basics. So the sale, let me quickly tell you about the sale. So the sale is coming up this weekend. It's going to be opened on Friday morning at 9am Eastern time. And it goes through the weekend goes through Halloween weekend. It closes on Sunday at midnight, Sunday, November 1st at midnight. And you can snag newborn basics for 30% off with the code Halloween. I think everybody knows how to spell Halloween. H-A-L-L-O-W-E-E-N. And that is valid, like I said, from Friday to Sunday. And that's actually site-wide too. So you can use that code on any individual product that I have. And the bundles are also going to be slightly on sale. So the bundles are on sale this weekend too, if you wanted to grab a few of the courses. And the code for that one is PUMPKIN, P-U-M-P-K-I-N. If you want to snag a bundle, they will be 10% off as well this whole weekend. So yeah, that is it. Very, very excited about these videos. Um, They look great and they do feature Ryland, which is super, super cool. All right, let's get into today's episode. Hi, Casey. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yay. Can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and your family? Where are you from? What you ate for breakfast? Uh, Whatever. Yeah, Yeah, so I'm Casey. Um, I live in New York. I have two little girls. One just turned two. Her name is Audrey and one is actually six months today. Her name is Olivia. So um, yeah, um, I'm married and I am a pediatric physical therapist. So um, kind of where this all started for me is um, I grew up, my mom was a pediatric physical therapist. She owned her own agency and I was going to patients with her and, you know, always seeing what she was doing. And I just kind of knew that this was what I was meant to be doing. And so went to school and I have worked with kids of all abilities and um, from birth to 21, but have since focused in on just the zero to three age range. So that's really my specialty right now Mm -hmm. um, for gross motor development and then, you know, kind of hitting on all the other domains. But yeah, that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. Well, awesome. Well, guys, today we're going to be kind of just talking about pediatric physical therapy and milestones and kind of, I mean, I think I want to initially ask you, um, so what I guess are the typical, cause I mean, I don't, I don't think you're the typical kind of provider that we would just all, you know, you see your family doctor, right? Like you see yeah, you're yeah. off the, you know, your eye doctor, your, you know, OBGYN or whatever. Um, but you're more of like a specialty. So I guess where, like, what are kind of some of the typical, like, when would you get referred, I guess, to, yeah. a, to a pediatric physical therapist? So oftentimes, um, so what I do is an early intervention. So in New York state, Mm -hmm. most states have a form of a zero to three, um, basically an early start program where if there are any sort of motor concerns, your pediatrician and or a parent can just contact your county and say, hey, I'm worried about 
motor. I'm worried about speech. My baby's not rolling. They're not babbling, that kind of thing. And so that is typically how the referral process works. Um, most pediatricians do refer to early intervention. Um, so that that's often where it's caught, but parents are definitely at the forefront too in advocating for their babies and trusting that, that gut feeling if something seems off to you. Um, so typically we get pulled in once something is already kind of going on. Um, that being said, the whole, the whole driving force behind my page and my Instagram and my website and everything is to kind of give parents the information to, um, catch things earlier, if you will, you know, notice what, what to expect, know it, which month, you know, rolling is expected and sitting is expected. And that way, when you're empowered with that knowledge, you can advocate better and say, you know what, even if, even if your doctor happens to be taking more of the wait and see approach, if it doesn't feel right to you, you have a little bit more, you know, kind of ammo to say, no, I really think we need to pursue this. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, that that makes total sense. Let's talk about, let's start talking about these milestones. Let's just go over maybe some general milestones in the first, let's start with the zero to three zero to three months, maybe some tips and tricks, activities parents can do to help their babies kind of meet them. Definitely. Yeah. So the first zero to three months are, are truly that fourth trimester for mom Mm -hmm. and for baby. And so, so much of it is just figuring each other out. And so much of your day is taken up by feeding and diapers and naps and trying to kind of manage that. And I think that zero to three period is where parents feel like, what the heck am I supposed to do with this baby all day? You know, or how do I play? How do I engage with my baby? How do I make them meet their milestones? How do I manage tummy time? Because typically the doctor will say, okay, do tummy time, go home. You'll be good. You know, and then babies hate it. Babies don't want to be flat Mm -hmm. on their belly. They want to be on your chest and they want to, um, you know, be in a position where they can really feel you and smell you and and be there with their comfort. So those first year to three months for me are really preparation for the milestones that start to pick up pace around that three month mark. So in those first year to three months, what I would focus on is lots of assisted tummy time, meaning when you burp them, recline a little bit, have them on your chest, let them start to work those neck muscles a little bit in a really comforting and calm way. I think that oftentimes when babies so many parents think their babies hate tummy time, but it's really just that they might not be ready to do it flat on the floor yet. In fact, most aren't ready because when they're in the womb and they're all flexed up um, and then you go and just lay them flat on the floor, their hips can't get into that uh, comfortable position. It's kind of like being in child's pose with your hands behind you and you're not strong enough to lift your head up. You know, it would be frustrating for anyone. Mm -hmm. So doing it on your chest, doing it um, reclined uh, like over your legs. I have tons of examples on my page, um, specific pictures of things that you can look at and try um, over even like a um, like the, the arm of a couch if you can mm-hmm. support them in that position. But really and truly getting them used to it, having it be a familiar position to them so that when you get to, again, that three-month mark where milestones really start to happen, they're comfortable and they're familiar and it doesn't feel so scary. Um, So tummy time, starting to do those quick bursts on their belly. And then when they're on their back, um, in those first three months, you're really looking for them to begin to bring their hands to their mouth, 
bring their hands to the middle, not necessarily purposeful yet, but mm-hmm. that zero to three chunk is really, um, it's when things are, are really being prepared for the next milestone. And I would think that if you're born a little bit preterm too, it probably changes things as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So typically um, most medical professionals adjust for prematurity until a baby is two years old. So yeah, yeah. if, if for example, your baby is born four weeks early and they are now three months old, you would be looking at them more as a two month old in terms mm-hmm. of expected milestones. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, it's definitely best to push them towards their age expected ones because some babies don't need to be corrected for prematurity, but it's always nice and comforting for a, a parent of a child who's premature to know that it's okay if they're looking more like their corrected age. Um, and typically they have up until the age of two. And actually some newer research is even suggesting that for every month early they're born, you should give them a full year to catch up. For, so for oh. some of these like micro preemies who may mm-hmm. be born, you know, three months early or more, um, that they, you would give them up until age three if it was three months, up until age four if it was four, that kind of thing. Makes sense. Makes sense. And I love that you really like dove deep into tummy time because yeah, I, I feel like I I just came out with that newborn course and I tried to, I tried to say some, a lot of the same things that like tummy time is really, really important, but like, you know, you can try a lot of, but it's not just, you're just on the ground, you know, like I used to do tummy time all the time, just on my, you know, with him on my chest and that's where he liked it the best. I mean, come on, like that's, I feel like the most comfortable for any baby is just, you know, on your chest and then my face is right there in front of him. So I like that you really dove into that. So let's move on now to three months. Okay. We're out of the, you know, fourth trimester. Woohoo. So three to six (laughs) months, what are some of those milestones that moms can, or parents can expect and kind of help babies kind of go through? Yeah. So oftentimes in the first like eight to 12 weeks, babies will accidentally roll when they're on their belly. So Mm -hmm. because the weight of their head is so heavy and they don't really have any muscles on the front of their body to help them, they often will just topple over. And so it's exciting because that's the first time that it's happening. But parents often then get discouraged because as baby gets stronger, they might stop doing that. So Mm. really true belly to back rolling is expected right around that three to four month mark. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, babies will often roll back to belly first, just because, um, with the whole back to sleep campaign, which is obviously really necessary. Sometimes parents, again, are fearful of that tummy time and having them in yeah. supervised tummy time on the floor. So, um, Sometimes it's reversed. Back to belly is typically expected around six months. Um, Mm -hmm. Some babies do it sooner. That's the other thing I would really like love to drive home for parents is that development is on such a continuum. There is textbook. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's textbook months where you can say, yes, most babies roll um, between three to six months. But if your baby is, you know, four and a half months and they haven't done it yet, it's okay. You don't have to worry, you know, and on the other side of it, some babies do it sooner. So I, just in general with the milestones and the timelines I'm saying, I recommend following like a two month plan. So if a milestone is expected around three to four months and you're not seeing it by, I'd say six months, that would be worth mentioning to your pediatrician. Um, So that's just, before I, before I say some of these milestones, I don't want anyone to, you know, get nervous because it really truly is, every baby is different and it's always a continuum. Um, 
But so the the belly to back roll is typically expected around three to four months when it becomes more intentional. Um, when they're on their back, typically around that three to four month mark is when hands start to come to midline and you'll see them like swatting at toys that are above them, mm-hmm. but not necessarily like intentional grabbing. Um, hands to mouth is around that time. Around the four month mark, usually they'll start to find their knees, which then progresses at five to six months in like finding their feet and that really cute, happy baby oh, side to know. side roll. And then back to belly rolling is usually right around six months, which also goes kind of hand in hand with sitting when placed, which is also okay. six months. Okay. Yeah. I feel like my son never, he, he honestly, he did the tripod thing for a little while where he, you know, they just kind of sit in that tripod position, but he kind of went from, um, you know, not doing that for very long and then just like sitting with a little, um, the little pill, what's it called? The boppy Boppy. behind him. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, I know that the tripod positions, like some babies last a long time in that as well around that same age. So, all right, well, let's go to the next. So six to nine months, what can we expect babies to do? Yeah. So six to nine months, I feel like from six months on things pick up pace majorly. And there's a lot, (laughs) like a lot that they're doing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And even things that you don't necessarily, you know, it's so funny, like even on my page, I'll, I'll point out my, cause I'm, it's, it's been cool to kind of follow my daughter's development as the page has yeah. grown a little bit. Yeah. And so people, I'll be like, Oh, you know, I'll take a little video and be like, Oh, this is what this is. And people are like, I didn't even know that was a milestone. That's so cool. You know? <laughs> so it's like, you don't even realize how much their brains are constantly working on oh gosh, learning. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, six months is when supported sitting typically starts. And then Usually they'll start to put their hands out forward to protect themselves, you know, two or three weeks after they start sitting. And then around that seven and a half month mark is when most babies will start to transition in and out of sitting. Um, And that quickly turns into hands and knees. Um, So Mm -hmm. when they transition, sometimes um, it's usually ungraded at first where they'll just kind of flop onto their belly to the side, but then they'll learn quickly to get up into hands and knees. Um, And then seven and a half, to eight months is usually when babies are up on hands and knees and starting to do some rocking. Mm-hmm. Um, eight to nine months is considered typical for crawling on hands and knees, which is a really, really important milestone. Um, and and then nine months is when babies usually start to pull up into standing. Um, so yeah. Seems about right. I'm like thinking of when yeah. he did everything. I'm like, yeah, that seems about right when he was like yeah. on par with everything. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's great. And I think, and I wanted to also touch on what you said about like, it's, it's a very big spectrum too, because I know that I have friends who I feel like Walter was always, he was pretty like spot on with most of his milestones, except he, he walked, I mean, not late. I mean, it was, he was like 14 months when he walked, which is not like not late by any means, but I had so many friends who their babies walked at like 11 or 12 months, like super early. So I thought that was the norm. And I wanted to touch on that too, that a lot of the times you might be in a circle of friends or babies at daycare and like all the babies are doing this and your baby's not, but it's like, it makes you feel just, you're like, why isn't my baby doing what everybody else is doing? It's a comparison game. Absolutely. And it's impossible to not, especially when you have, yes. Yeah. When you have a group and even now with social media, like I even, 
I even do it where I'm like, oh my gosh, my daughter, my two-year-old's not, you know, quoting Shakespeare and reading, you know, like there must be something wrong with her. Like it's, it's so hard not to. So it really, like it truly, you you just have to take a step back and be like, listen, is everything okay? Again, that two month, that two month guideline has always been helpful for me as a recommendation to parents. Yeah. Because it's like, if, if crawling is expected at eight months and by 10, your baby's not doing it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe getting a little bit of help to, to kind of speed things along is definitely something that should be on the radar. Similar to walking like 12 to 18 months is considered typical for walking. So obviously 16 to 18 is at the later end of that, where I would definitely be thinking about a little bit of support for them, but that's a big continuum. You know, some kids are running by 18 months. Some kids are walking at nine, you know, so it really, it is truly so variable. Right. Right. No, I totally agree. And it, yeah, you brought up a good point with the social media too, because that is just, Social media is good for a lot of things. Obviously, I think so. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm on I'm social insane. media a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. But um, it's not so good for for comparing and just, yeah. yeah. No, I totally get that. All right. Well, let's move on. Oh, no, I did have one question before we go to nine to 12 months. I wanted yeah. to know, so some people, some babies do, um, Walter kind of did the inchworm kind of, like he would, he, yeah. he crawled on his belly and he would I guess it's more of an army crawl because he would kind of get up on his uh, on his hands and knees and then like put his belly down and he would just like crawl like that, like a little army crawl. It's very cute. (laughs) But he did that forever, like a good month. And then he got crawling. And I've seen some babies get around. They do like the scoot kind of thing or it's like one leg or whatever. Do you, is there a reason why some babies, is it just their anatomy or kind of what they, like some babies do get around this way or some babies like transition to uh, this yeah. sort of mile sound zone this way? <laughs> yeah. So it definitely specific to army crawling. It definitely um, can precede typical crawling. So okay. the goal is always to get kids up on hands and knees, true crawling, because it's so important for so many things in development. It really, yeah. um, it strengthens their hands in a different way. It gets them ready for handwriting skills and coordination and communication mm. between both sides of the brain um, because the right side of the brain controls the left side of the body and vice versa. So mm-hmm. it really, um, obviously, you know that. Um, so it really gets them prepared for a whole life set of skills. That being said, you can always get kids back down into the crawling position. So even, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes like, if there's a three-year-old that never crawled, you can get a tunnel. You can work on crawling up and down the stairs. You can do silly animal games. So there are definitely, um, crawling is so important, but I know it panics parents when they start to crawl in a funny way. So, you know, like with the, the wonky one leg up or one leg out to the side, um, that can be a lot of different things. Oftentimes it comes back to strength somewhere, whether it's a little Mm -hmm. bit of belly weakness or hip weakness. Um, Not to say that it's always problematic. And a lot of times they just need a little bit of help to get them into regular crawling. Um, So there I have, it's, I don't want to go into like tips and stuff. I feel like that's, we'll be here all day. I'll oh, talk to you forever. About that. Fine. <laughs> <You're fine. laughs> but there's a lot of things that you can do to encourage true crawling when you're seeing those things, but it is sometimes it's just a little bit of weakness. Sometimes it could even be um, just a preference or they get really fast at it. And they're like, yeah. what the heck? I don't want to go. I don't want to do regular mm-hmm. crawling, which feels so slow, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so 
typically army crawling and that inchworm that you're describing, that does typically precede regular crawling. Um, but some of the other ones can just be how little ones move um, and work towards that, that true hands and knees crawl. Cool. Interesting. Real cool. All right. Well, let's go on to the next, the last little chunk. So nine to nine to 12 months, what are babies doing? Like I said, around nine months, they'll typically start pulling up into standing. 10 months is when you often see babies start to cruise along furniture, meaning they'll be standing at like a couch and they'll take side steps to whatever it is that they want. Mm -hmm. Um, Then 11 months is really that starting to see more periods of brief independent standing. So where they're getting a little bit gutsier in a standing position, like turning with only one hand for support and maybe even letting go with both hands quickly and then squatting down to the floor. Um, Mm -hmm. 11 months is also a great time to introduce something like a push walker um, where they are standing behind it and can move it across the floor because that is a nice way to um, not – I I try not to recommend parents to hold hands and walk because it really changes what a baby is um, perceiving as their base of support and their center of gravity. Um, So doing something like a push walker where they're more in control and they can steady themselves, even like something like standing up against a wall, um, having their back to the wall and letting them shift their weight towards you is much more beneficial than just standing them in the middle of the floor and letting go because Mm -hmm. they really can't find their balance that way as easily. And so 11 months is really starting to see more of those periods of brief independent standing. And then, like I said, that 12 to 18 months is considered typical for independent walking. 12 to 16 is more of where, of of like that sweet spot where most babies will do it in that time frame. But again, some babies will walk at, you know, nine, 10 months and some will, will walk closer to that 16 to 18. So um, it, it really is very, very variable. That makes a lot of sense. And it's funny that you brought up the independent standing thing because with Walter, I'm going to refer just to what he did because I feel like <laughs> that's it. That's my frame of reference, right? Yeah, of um, course. Of course. <laughs> but no, he, um, I remember what he did was he, he did not do a lot of independent standing. He just would cruise along the furniture. And then it was like a week before he would take a few steps, he started doing the standing. And he was just like, no, I'm not just going to stand. I'm just going to like start walking (laughs) and moving. Yeah. But I wanted to also bring up, and this is, we're going past our, um, our 12 month, (laughs) 12 month thing. We're (laughs) talking about walking now, but, um, uh, walking, I feel like I have to really stress this to my friends and, you know, who, you know, coworkers or whoever have like little babies around that age that walking, once they start walking, it's not like you can just walk with them and you have, oh, it's so much easier. Everything's so much easier. You have like a walking yes. baby now. It takes a long yes. time for them to like really get good at walking. At least it's Oh my gosh, me. absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, it's so true. And like not even just their stability in walking, but I, I feel that we we're always pushing them to the next milestone and then it happens and we're like, oh my God, they're mobile. Like they're, yeah, yeah. they're gone. You know, you have yep. to be, it, it changes everything. So yeah, even they, it, it definitely takes time and it's so much of that, that toddling at first where the steps right. are unstable, they have a wide base of support and then things gradually start to become more mature and, you know, you'll start to see things like running and jumping mm-hmm. and stair climbing, all of those things. So yeah, it definitely, um, it definitely takes time. They're not just, they take their first steps and then they're, they're off, you know, it, yeah. it takes a lot of time. 
It reminds me, you said jumping. I remember, I, I've, I remember taking videos of him trying to jump and, and like sharing them with my husband and be like, and cause he couldn't, he would, he would like, I would teach him that, you know, mommy would jump and then he would try yeah. and jump and he would just like bend his knees and go up on his tippy toes. Yes. And he thought it was the funniest <laughs> so thing cute. ever. I'm like, Oh, yes. I guess jumping is a learned skill that you have to learn. Yes, how to do. yes absolutely. <laughs> very, so very true. cute. It's so true. Very, yeah. very cute. All right. Well, now that we've kind of talked about some of the milestones through this year, um, I wanted to learn a little bit more about you and your specialty and kind of what a pediatric physical therapist does. Like what, I guess it, well, let's kind of stick with this zero to 12 month range, what are some of the typical kind of patients that you see, or maybe like the most common patients that you see and like some of the most common issues that you help moms, parents with? Yeah. So a huge one is torticollis. And so that is when there is a a tilt to one tight neck muscle essentially, Mm -hmm. and there's a tilt to one side and a turn towards the other. So that's another thing that And that zero to three month range is really, really important to think about because a lot of babies actually come out of the womb with it um, because of the position that they're in. So especially breech babies, um, you can see a lot of torticollis. um, And so in those first three months before they're really able to move on their own and adjust their position, they're so reliant on us. And so making sure that their head is in the middle in those first three months is huge. Like, Mm in their car seat in if you have them in some sort of like baby container quote unquote where they if they have reflux and they need to be in like a bouncer or something like a baby bjorn bouncer you know a sitting mm-hmm. one or something like that it's it's really important to make sure that their head is in the middle so that you can kind of prevent um any sort of torticollis or flattening on one side of the head um, that sort of thing and tummy time obviously also really helps with that too but um, it, it's definitely a big one that I see. Um, and so torticollis, things like cerebral palsy, uh, mm-hmm. diagnoses, I, I see a huge variety. And with that, a huge variety of um, abilities in children. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in that first year, oftentimes, um, it can be as simple as they're, they're not crawling or they're not going up in the stand. And so really just giving them some tools to... Uh, move in a way and set up their environment in a way that will promote those skills is is where I come in. So a big part of early intervention and and being a pediatric therapist is um, family training. So it's really about not necessarily like the typical outpatient physical therapy that you would think of. Like I'm I'm definitely doing hands-on things, Mm -hmm. um, but it's more so teaching parents like, okay, if you want to, if you want to encourage, you know, say cruising, you can put the toy here. If they're up on tiptoes, try taking the couch cushion off, really setting them up for understanding their child's development, what's expected, and then how to, again, like set them up for success, set their environment up for success, and um, really maximize that that time with their baby and development rather than stressing about it. Makes sense. And so how often do you see patients typically? Is this, do you, if somebody gets referred to you, let's say for torticollis, okay, somebody gets referred to you, is this like a one-time visit or do you see them a whole lot throughout their first year? Kind of what does that look like? Like what's the typical, I guess, treatment plan? So in early intervention, you have to hit a um, specific criteria in order to qualify. So you have to be 
a certain percentage delayed in one area or a certain percentage in um, two or more areas. So it's a little bit um, not tougher, but it, it's different to qualify for early intervention versus if you're just going to like an outpatient pediatric therapist or a private mm-hmm. physical therapist who can just see you. So it, it depends on what a child looks like. Typically, most of the kids I see are right around twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few that are more involved that maybe would be, or, you know, a few cases, diagnoses, that kind of thing that might require more. But, um, usually it's right around that one to two times um, a week. And so it also depends how long you stay with them on what exactly it looks like. So if it's something like they're just a little delayed with crawling, it could be that I see them for a month or two and then send them on their way versus if it's, you know, something like a torticollis or especially a significant torticollis, I personally like to stay with them through a lot of the milestones in that first year because, um, Torticollis, it will get better and it really ebbs and flows. So if there's a growth spurt or sickness or, um, you know, Mm -hmm. if they're working on a new milestone, oftentimes they'll go back into that position of comfort and just need a little bit of a boost to get through it and get to that next one. So um, it really depends, but oftentimes it's, it's around once or twice a week. Cool. Cool. And before we go into like the last little point too, I wanted to talk, cause I think you, you almost kind of talked about it a little bit here. Um, but let's a- address the whole, um, if somebody's, so this is what I try to stress. This is what I talked about too in my newborn courses that sometimes babies will go through these milestones and they need uh, a little bit, they're a little bit more needy because they are just, they're working on these milestones and it's yeah. not, and if you can recognize that as a parent, realize like, oh, hey, you know what? My baby's really working on, you know, crawling right now or really working on walking. Like maybe that's why the, the night, you know, they're getting up yeah. more in the night or they want to be a Absolutely. little bit more lovey or whatever. So you want, you can elaborate on, on that if you want to, but I just like to really stress that to parents too, that it's, it can be hard for them. Oh my gosh. Yes. And if you, you know, it's so hard to not know what's wrong. And so I feel like we are so conditioned to change the diaper, feed them, burp them, and then they should just stop crying, you know? And when that doesn't happen, it can be like panic. It it can invoke panic in you as a parent, you know? And so you're so right. Taking a step back and saying like, look at everything they are trying to figure out, you know? And so oftentimes like if, if sleep is interrupted, if they're, you know, I actually just talked about this on my page today that like it can be common for a baby to take a break from a milestone they've already mastered as they work towards a new one. Or even like if they're working on, you know, they were previously babbling and then all of a sudden they stop and then the next week they're rolling back to belly and the babbling comes back. So it's like their brain is taking in so much information. They're learning how to move against gravity. They're learning their body. And they really, really need that support from us sometimes. And um, I think it's it's a great thing to think about where where you can kind of take yourself back and say, okay, maybe, maybe it's teething. Maybe they're learning a new skill and look at supporting them and how exciting it's going to be when that skill happens and they kind of go back to their regular self, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a good time to bring up the Wonder Weeks. I'm sure you are familiar with that book yeah. and that app. I love to refer parents to the Wonder Weeks and have them read Definitely. that because that's very, they're very heavy on that and just recognizing all of these leaps and milestones that babies are going through and kind of how yes. to help them go through that. So absolutely. yeah, definitely check out the Wonder Weeks too, if you're listening. Yes. Um, yeah. 
All right. Well, let's go into this next, this last question about milestones, because we've talked about, I feel like we've probably talked about mostly about gross motors, milestones. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, so, and fine motor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and fine motor. Yes. So let's talk about, cause there, you know, you didn't know guys listening, there's all these different types of milestones. Okay. Not just walking and craw- crawling. Those are kind of, those are gross. I'm, I'm assuming, right? Yes, <laughs> so yes. they're in like the same category, um, but there's all these different types of milestones. So let's just go over all of these different types. Let's, how about we just stick again with zero to 12 months? We can go over some of the most common, like gross, motor, yeah. visual motor, you know, all of this stuff. Yeah. So gross and fine and, um, you know, vision, all of those things really happen together at once. And so, so much of the development in those first three years overlaps. Same, same thing with speech. Like they are, it's all working towards the same thing. So, um, things with fine motor, like when they're in a sitting position. So even what I was mentioning in that zero to three month mark, where they're bringing hands to midline, when they're in sitting, you'll start to see more dynamic play with their hands. So they'll go from playing with one toy in each hand, um, holding a toy with two hands to passing a toy between hands, banging toys together um, in terms of like the cognitive domain and speech, understanding, like putting things in, taking things out, object mm-hmm. permanence. Um, there are so, so many milestones. And so I don't, it, it might be easier to talk about how to foster the milestones rather than yeah, specific ones, cool. just because there's so many, if that's okay. Let's do it. Um, Let's do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, like I, I think that the big thing to, that I would love to stress to anyone that is listening is just play with your baby. Like you yeah. don't need all of the toys and all of the laid up things and you're you have everything you need you can foster your baby's cognitive development and emotional development and speech development through just being with them and looking at them singing to them reading high contrast books to them Um, black and white books are great especially for tummy time Um, they really capture that vision and and work on all those areas i just mentioned things like um pointing you know reading them a book and saying, do you see the horsey and having them point because isolating the pointy finger is a milestone, you know, um, clapping, all of those things that are, are truly just fostered through playing with our babies um, happen, especially in that first year. And so I, I think, I think we get so caught up in checking the box off of those milestones that we lose sight of, of just being with our kids, you know, and just playing yeah. with them and, um, that that would be one thing that I would I would love to drive home. It's just like no, I love that. you. Can, you can't sing that. and read and do all those things with your baby enough, you know. Yeah, no, I love that. It's like okay, just yeah, yeah just be a parent and <laughs> play with your baby yeah. and do all of yeah. these things, and the milestones should just kind of naturally develop. That's great, right? No, that's that's and great advice. Yeah, and sometimes you know, sometimes they don't, and that's yeah that's okay too, you know, to have just a little bit of help or, or know when to say, okay, maybe this is a little outside of what is considered the typical time frame, And maybe I should find someone that can give me a little boost, like a pediatric PT or OT or yeah. speech pathologist, you know, all of yeah. there, it, there's so many resources available that I, I didn't realize how, how little parents are given, you know? Mm-hmm. And so 
um, I think, again, that's been like the big driving force behind my page is just getting this information to as many people as I can. Love it. Well, that's, that's also my philosophy. So we share that, that same philosophy. (laughs) Well, cool. Well, thank you so much, Casey, for coming on. Can you, I know we've mentioned your social media, your page. I'm really um, excited for you to share that with our listeners where people can find you on social media. Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram is milestones.and.motherhood. And my website is www.milestonesandmotherhoodand.com. And so on my page, all of the things that I've talked about are there. I have um, highlights for activities to promote all of the milestones I've mentioned. I have play activities on there. Um, I also have a, a PDF that covers the first three years of motor milestones and all the other developmental information like about containers and torticollis and hip dysplasia and yeah. when to speak to your pediatrician. So there's a ton of resources there. And um, yeah, I, I hope it's helpful. That's That's my whole goal. No, I love it. I love it. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Casey. I think this was a great episode for new parents to tune into. Maybe they're, you know, still pregnant, kind of not quite thinking about milestones yet, but Hey, it's something that we're all going to go through (laughs) once once the baby's born. And it's honestly, as you're talking, I'm like remembering Walter doing all of these things. And now this baby that I'm pregnant with, I I have like 12 more weeks, 11 more weeks, something like that. And I'm like, I know I'm like, I'm like thinking, I'm like, Oh yeah, I get to like be really excited about clapping again and doing all the little things. Cause I remember that is such a joy for um, that it's such a joy that you go through as a parent is, or at least it was for me, is just like seeing them learn all of these things and like do all of these things. And it's probably different with the second one, (laughs) right? Like the first one, all your attention is focused on that, or at least it was for me. So the second one, it might be a little bit different, but yeah, I'm excited. So I appreciate you coming on because it's getting me more excited about this baby and going through milestones. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. And seriously, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And if you need anything with your little one, just reach out. Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. I will. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, so that is it for this episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. You probably follow me on Instagram because that's probably where you came from. But if you don't, head over to Instagram and follow me at mommy.labornurse for more. That is certainly where I am most active. I also now have a separate Instagram for just this podcast. So I encourage you to follow my second account at mommylabornurse.podcast as well if you want podcast updates. Again, that is at mommylabornurse.podcast. As always, you guys know that I also have a website where I have tons of articles all about pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, newborn stuff, and more at www.mommylabornurse.com. I want to hear more from you on how much you love this episode of the podcast or how you think I can improve. So leave me a comment on one of my pictures, send me a DM, or send me an email with all the love. All right, guys, I will see you same time, same place next week.
Summer camp is a magic place where kids discover who they are because they have the freedom to explore on their own. Y Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is a sleepaway camp in the heart of Idaho's wilderness. Each summer, campers make friends, build new skills, and learn to love the outdoors through activities like canoeing, archery, zip lining, rock climbing, campfires, and more. Registration for Y Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is open. Financial assistance is available. Learn more at ycampidaho.org.